Hi friends, this is JFET. Whether you're around the corner or across the world, welcome to The Daily Walk. I want you to take a moment today to pause in Jesus and see what new thing could take place in your life. At the end of this podcast, you can download our app, Boulder Church, or visit us online at boulder.church to connect. And remember, we would love to hear from you as we prepare for our messages every Saturday morning on The Daily Walk. Good morning. It's Wednesday, September 26. Welcome to Daily Walk. I am Becky D'Olivera. And I'm Japheth D'Olivera. Let us pray for the text today. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for today. Thank you for, again, uh, just a moment to be able to pause in the chaos and busyness of our life uh, as we meet uh, with each other, as we are, whether we're driving to work or driving to school. We ask God just as we reflect on this word, as we listen to this passage again, uh, may it bring us again fresh insight, may it give us uh, some uh, real uh, challenges to the way that we practice our life and our walk with you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are back in the English Standard Version, the mm. ESV, today, reading the entire chapter of Romans, beginning with the subtitle, God's Sovereign Choice. I'm speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen according to the flesh. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. But it is not as though the word of God has failed. For not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. For this is what the promise said, About this time next year I will return and Sarah shall have a son. And not only so, but also when Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, though they were not yet born and had done nothing either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls, she was told, The older will serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So it then depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you up, that I might show my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then he has mercy on whomever he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. You will say to me then, Why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder, Why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy which he has prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom he has called, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles? As indeed he says in Hosea, Those who are not my people I will call my people, and her who is not beloved I will call beloved. And in the very place where it was said to them, You are not my people, there they will be called sons of the living God. And Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, 
Though the number of the sons of Israel be as the sand of the sea, only a remnant of them will be saved. For the Lord will carry out his sentence upon the earth fully and without delay. And as Isaiah predicted, if the Lord of hosts had not left us offspring, we would have been like Sodom and become like Gomorrah. Subtitle Israel's Unbelief. What shall we say then? The Gentiles who did not pursue... Excuse me. Righteousness have attained it, that is, a righteousness that is by faith, but that Israel who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching that law? Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as if it were based on works. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone, as it is written. Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. All right. Still feeling very much that it's a pretty straightforward for you? No. I feel like it's straightforward. (laughs) When do I ever feel that way? Oh, yeah, no. All right. Here's our question for today. And again, I'm going to encourage you to read the uh, daily walk at uh, boulder.church forward slash daily. And the question today is this. uh, Is God unjust? Explain your reasoning. Is God unjust? Explain your reasoning. And are we basing this on this this particular passage? Yeah. yeah, because I mean, look at look at what it seems like to be saying here. It seems like God's just like, I chose you, I don't like you, I mold you, I mold some of you to be what a trash can, some of you not to be a trash can. It yeah. says in the other some translation, some of you I love, some of you I hate. Yeah, I'm kind of like, I'm done. Doesn't then, matter. Well, what Paul seems, what's weird is that he takes all this as evidence, like he thinks in completely the opposite way that we do. Yes, he'll give something as evidence that he thinks is backing up his point. God is perfectly just, and you're thinking. Um, if this were evidence that you presented in a Western court, this would not... I mean, okay. I think this is a pretty so, so overwhelming case against it, God, actually. It is. Uh, and I said this yesterday, um, but you know, the answer is fully drawn out later on inside here. But let me give you a few of the clues inside here why it's not as negative as we have, uh, as we can perceive it straight away. And, and here are a couple of the little insights into the text that maybe can help us out with it. Um, verse 6, verse 14, and verse 19. Just the beginning of those, those sentences there, it says, but it is not as though the word of God has failed. And then verse 14, what shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? And 19, you will say to me then, why does, this sti- why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? All those three verses are implying that the question that Paul is trying to je- address here really actually has to do with God and whether his word is good. So Paul, woven through here, is going on an extreme, and, and you know, we do know Paul's a bit of an extreme guy. Um, and so he's going on this extreme path with everybody saying, really, has God, uh, who chose all of Israel, been faithful? Okay, but if all this uh, is is a test of whether someone's will or someone's word is good, suppose somebody comes up to me on the street and says, I'm going to shoot you in the head. Okay. And then they do. Their oh. word is good. <laughs> okay. You know, okay. they did exactly right. what they said they were going uh-huh. to do. But, I mean, I don't think that's a, that's not what's at stake here. Uh-huh. That's not the issue. 
The issue isn't whether or not God will go through with what he says. It's whether or no, not that is, that is if the he question, says, that is I'm the going question. to hate you from birth, and then that he is does. The, that is the question that they actually have, though, because they get to the end of chapter 8, and they're like, yes, we agree. We There is nothing that separates us from God. And then everybody's saying, but we're chosen by God. We, we are Israel. We are the people of God. And he's like, yeah, you are. And you've become so smug, and I've told you this through chapter 3, through chapter 4, and 5, 6, 7, 8, all the way through. I've been reminding you, you have placed all of your value in there. So that's why at the end, when he gets to the very end of here, he does this kind of like little quick summary. And in verse 32 and 33, when he says, why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as, it, as if it were based on their works, because they actually tried to earn this. They've been a stumbling stone. And then he says, he quotes the text and he says, um, and a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. He says, look, well, the I promise... Know, but why would you place a rock of offense? I mean, the whole thing is just... <laughs> it's, it's bizarre. And I understand what you're saying. You're, yeah. do, you're doing the thing that pastors and oh, the, theologian the weird, people, do. people do. Well, it's what you do is you go, oh, but it doesn't mean what it says. Uh, what it what? really means what? is... Do you remember there's a podcast that we love, Oh No, Ross and Carrie? Uh-huh. And I uh-huh. remember Carrie at one point uh-huh. saying, you know, if I were God, I don't think... I'd make it complicated. And if, if I wanted to communicate with people, I'd be like, hmm, what can I do? I know. I'll make it as I'll complicated it, as complicated Yeah, as and possible. just make something incredibly... Yeah. Um, just opaque that nobody can figure out. Yeah. Like, why would you do that? That's so dependent on cultural understanding that, yeah. you know, has all this stuff. Why would you do that? It's just not a... It's not the most sensible way to communicate. You don't even have to be a very good communicator to know that confusing people is not yeah, helpful. That's true. That's true. And so, I mean, that's not to diss God and say he's not a good communicator. I just sometimes wonder, you know, why we put so much convolution. Is that even a word? <laughs> Well, I think I think, I think because it, we want things to be a certain way. No, I, I don't know. Look, I think I think it works like this. I think that the Bible's full of stories that actually do make it really straightforward that God loves humanity. I think that people are dissatisfied with that simplest simple well, I think sometimes simple view sometimes that God I loves think humanity. That the people who wrote the Bible were just crazy people, uh-huh. and that's why it, it seems so disjointed because they were mental. Like, not that there's anything wrong with God, but that there's just something wrong with these people. Like, they can't get their stories straight. They don't understand. So they're trying to explain things, but they're explaining things the way that a crazy person does. Uh, I don't know. I actually think that, I think that really the, the issue really comes down to is that uh, people are expressing it in the language and culture of their time. Yes. And, I, I get that. You know, and, and that it does vary. But, it, I mean, people's cultures can seem crazy when you're outside of them. And so... That I mean, I realize cold. this, I, in a way, this doesn't feel too disrespectful to me because I'm talking about an ancient culture. I would feel worse if I were talking about a current one and saying that a culture seemed crazy. But it can be difficult to understand where people are coming from on things that they do because you have deeply ingrained. I offended right now. I'm not trying to offend anybody, <laughs> anthropologist or otherwise. But yeah, there are things where you just think, okay, this is not, it doesn't make any sense. If you're trying to say one thing, 
why would you say all these other things that do not help your point? They don't help your case at and, all. And this is the difficulty. Uh, we break everything down into one passage, and we read only one passage. Uh, I'm, I'm no, honestly, I've read the whole thing. No, I've no, been no, reading it no, all week. No, we're reading only Romans 9. Oh, I see what uh, you mean. This letter uh, at the oh, very yes, beginning. they would have sat there and 14, listened to it for like three days. a 14-foot long scroll. <laughs> yes. And Phoebe, as it says in Romans 16, she read the, read whole, the thing whole thing in, in one entirety. She's a better woman uh, than I am. And, uh, and so they would have actually captured the entire vision of it. And then on top of that, they understood a lot of this narrative. This meant a lot to them. So it's actually a, a reminder of a deep story that ring, rang true with them. So um, it wasn't uh, new. A lot of the stuff we have to, we read it and we're like, oh, what did that mean? What did it mean with Pharaoh? And we have to tell so many stories to get to the point inside there. But it actually is inside. Our time is well past, though. So I'm going to stop for now, um, and uh, we will catch up tomorrow. So let me just repeat the question again. Um, oh, did Super we? Uh, short. We did not. Uh, did we? Yeah, actually, we did. Is yeah, God we did. unjust? Explain is God your unjust? Reasoning. Explain huh. your reason. Beat you to it. Huh? Did we actually answer the question? Yes. We did. Good. All right. Good. I forgot. I talked about it at length <laughs> about how. My brain. All right. There we okay. go. Is God unjust? Explain your reasoning. Think about that. Look after each other. Live love, and we will connect tomorrow. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Daily Walk podcast today. Hey, if you remember, if you have any questions, reach out to us online at boulder.church. And if you can help support us, please feel free to give online at boulder.church forward slash give. Until next time, look after each other and live love.